the Sports Career Podcast, episode 358, How to Be Authentic in the Football Industry. Hello Sports Achiever and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports Crib Podcast. I'm your host Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who can inspire and really help you develop in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest working with elite athletes or even being a professional football player. I hope today's episode can support your sports career development, interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's podcast special guest is Ashley Plumpter who is a professional football player currently playing for Al Etihad, but also has played for Leicester Football Club and also represents the Nigerian national team, the Super Falcons, where she even competed in the 2023 World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. For that reason, it's such a pleasure to have Ashley as a podcast special guest on the show. And in this episode, Ashley will share her football career journey and explain to you why being authentic is so key when you're a professional football player or even working in the football industry. Have a listen. I promise you, you'll need a pen and paper to take some notes and enjoy. Ashley, it's such a joy to have you on the Sports Crib podcast. Please you share to listeners your football career journey. When did it all start? Yeah, thanks for having me, Ed. So for me, I started playing football when I was four. So I've, I'm now 25. So it's been a big part of my my life for as long as I can remember. Um, I started, like I was one of those kids that just wanted to play every sport. And I always say this, and I've said it in, in interviews before, like I, I'm not necessarily a lover of football, I'm a lover of sport. And I've just always loved being active. Um, my mum always used to say that, I'd always have a ball at my feet or in my hands when I was younger. So I was always, always doing something. Um, And then, yeah, I joined a team when I was four. I, unlike many girls my age, I actually only played for girls teams growing up. There weren't as many back then, but um, I was there until I was eight. And then I joined, this was like a Sunday league. It was called Aston the Amateurs, just local in Leicestershire. Then I um, joined Leicester's, Centre of Excellence, we called them, um, when I was eight. I was there until I was 14. I moved to Birmingham City for a year. Um, then I moved to Derby County for a year. This is what I was living in Nottingham at the time, so it was a bit closer. And then I joined Notts County when they were in the Super League at 16. So, yeah, I was. I didn't have loads of game time back then, but being around so many internationals, um, international football players, I played with... At that age was Carly Telford, Laura Bassett, Sophie Bradley, uh, Desiree Scott from from Canada, Ellen White, Jess Clark, like a lot of, you know, big names, you know, that now was just a little, little tall, skinny ash as a forward back then, not even a defender. So, yeah. And then I went to America for three and a half years um, to University of Southern California, did my degree, won the national championship my first year, came back to Leicester full circle and then was at Leicester um, for a season in the championship 
and then two seasons in the WSL and now I'm here. Okay, time out. We've got to decode this a little bit. Okay, <laughs> so my, my first question is reflecting. Could you remember the period when you sort of drew a line in the sand going, I actually want to be a professional football player? Like, was there that decision internally with regards to that pathway? And I see you nodding your head. I wish people could see your body language, but could you just describe that to the listeners of that actual moment when it was like, this is what I wanted to do? Yeah, I think unlike most people, it was never my dream. Really, I like I started at four and it wasn't until I was in my last year of university where I was like, okay, I'm going to give professional football a go. It was never a dream of mine. It was never like... When America? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what, I know you said you're a lover of sport then, but what made you just do the Centre of Excellence in Leicester and all the other experiences beforehand? Just paint the pitch because this is really cool. This is a different perspective, which was it you just enjoyed football or was it you just had the talent, but it wasn't a, a pathway from a career standpoint? I think there were several reasons. One, <clears throat> I didn't know if it was even like, a feasible option to for that to be like my full-time job um I'll be honest I always struggled with confidence and never thought I'd be good enough to um and I always when I was younger there were two things that like in school the only like real lesson that I enjoyed was biology like I loved learning about the body and I, I've always thought I feel like I have like uh, this responsibility to help people. Like I love being able to help people. I liked human biology and I put those two things together and I thought, okay, I'm going to try and go to medical school. And now, yeah, I realized, and I think that's what I was working towards even when I was at university. Um, but then I got to a point where I realized I don't have to put those two things together and just think I have to be a doctor. I've realized that to be able to help people or have an impact on people the best way to do that is just to be myself and I feel like I've done that on my journey so far just by making the decisions that align with with myself and I think I when I was younger I kind of got sucked into you know I have to I have to look at what society says is like based on my personality and what I want to do, where I should be put. Like I always remember in primary school when they say you do like a test online and it like just pulls out this career that you should do based on like your personality or whatever. But really it's not, it, a computer doesn't know you, <laughs> you know, we know ourselves more than, more than anyone. And I, I think as well, and I, I don't know, this doesn't give you the best answer here, but I feel as if, now in my life I feel like I don't necessarily know where I'm going to end up but I know that like my core values and things I care about and ultimately I feel like I'll end up in the places I'm meant to just by staying true to that and I guess that's how I've ended up now being a professional footballer it wasn't like you know it's something that I dreamed of being it's just it's aligned with who I am and what I want from I guess my life experience. Can we dig deep a little bit? So just for me, listen to that answer, which was fascinating. Would you say the key is not to label yourself as a professional footballer, but instead embrace the experiences? Like you said, you played at Derby, Notts County, Leicester, in the UK perspective. 
how did you during that period just embrace those experiences with all the great players you've played with from a role model standpoint because maybe you just went with the flow than actually putting an identity behind it or a label um does this all make sense because for me before we talk about college I think that's how I would picture it but I'm just curious of how you looked at that period of time when playing at the different clubs putting you on the spot a bit but I'd love to hear your answer no it's I've never been asked the question before and I think it's actually important for me to answer because everybody talks about your football journey being up and down and I think that's based most of the time people say that's based on like external factors whether you win or you lose or you play or you don't play but but really I think before like I said before I went to America it was everything to do with myself so this everything in football I always think it teaches me something about me. Like I try not to put so much emphasis on anything that's happening happening outside of me because ultimately it's like I can choose how I want to react to something, whether it's a win or a loss or whatever. And I learn a lot about myself when I go through those those experiences, I guess. But when I was at Leicester, so I was at Leicester for a long period of time because it was just the closest centre of excellence for me. It was my home. I moved to Birmingham for a year because I wanted to push myself um, more, like be around probably better players at that time. I was starting to get into the England youth setup, but I was also like, I'm just as passionate about my schooling as I was football. And I was traveling to Birmingham and back and having to do my, my work in the car when I got home. And I was like, okay, this is actually having a negative impact on my school life and it was too much stress. So then I moved to Derby which wasn't as much of a test football wise, but I could be, I could do my work and everything. So I was doing GCSEs. And then I wanted the next step of going to Notts County, but I'll be honest at Notts County, it was a great experience for me. But like I said, I've always, I think everybody does, but I really struggled from a confidence perspective. I was the youngest player on the team. I was around these great players, but I always felt, um, I felt like, I'll be honest, like I was just trying to keep up, really. And I was trying to soak up as much experience from them as I could. But at the end of the day, I actually went through a period of falling out of love with football because of my confidence aspect. So I would never have changed my journey I've been on. But I think that period, as hard as it was, was so important for me to go through because I learned a lot about who I was I was 16 you know playing in a senior setup and I just didn't want at the end of the day I just didn't want to mess up or be on a team where people were disappointed in me and then I would reflect on that like why would I why do I feel like they would you know this disappointment where does that come from like why do I want to let's say impress them why do I want to be able to catch up and it's just to be able to you know they would just want to fit in and at that age, I just wanted to be able to fit in. But I also wanted to push myself. And I think I've always been so competitive where it was almost sometimes I was impatient and I wanted to be as good as them at 16. And that's not the case. Like, that's where I had to learn and appreciate the journey. And then I went off to the States. And again, that was another big, like, I took my experience of being in Notts County over there. And I felt like I grew up a lot quicker. And I was able then to, like, my my passion of being out there was... Again, it was a different culture, different experience, but I felt like I aligned with the Americans a lot in terms of their mentality, but I wanted to have an impact on the culture of the team. So by the end of the the, the four, three and a half, four years I was there, 
I've got to be a part of a process where we, we, I know we won the national championship and everything, but what I remember most is actually having an impact on the culture that I felt like lasted beyond the time I was there. And that's the thing I remember the most. Okay, you, you're going to make me be a bit of a sports geek here because I've just realised you've experienced two ways of the pathway of football, the UK standpoint where it's like academy or centre of excellence. Then you cross the pond to America, which is a whole collegiate system. Would you say, before we go into the decision of being a professional footballer, the alignment was more connected with you with the American setup because it was so aligned with studies at the same time as playing football? I'm just curious, and again, another nod of the head. So just for listeners and parents listening in, is, would you say it was a really powerful way of pursuing a career because of the how American sport is set up there with the collegiate system embedded? I'm just curious. Yeah, I think that's, for me, I was at the age where I was 16 and I had to choose between professional football and studies. And you can do both, but I wanted that full experience. That was my life when I was younger. I'll be honest, I didn't have much of a social life when I was younger, but I chose that. Like I know people talk about it being a sacrifice, but I, I actually didn't really want it. I was so hyper-focused on doing as well as I could in football, as well as I could in, in school. And we'll probably get to this, but that, in a way, had a detriment on, on me as well because I was so... I actually became quite narrow-minded. There was one... Like, I had one focus. And now I've done a... Like, a few years later, I've done a complete U-turn and have a complete 360 on... 180 should I say on everything but yeah I went to the US and I knew that I'd get my a good degree out there it's also like you don't just go to the US and pick any university like I did I spent a lot of time figuring out where I wanted to be you know like what was the the institute I was going to what was the the education like what was the the football program like and and yeah luckily enough I actually funny enough I always followed UCLA which is probably one of the more popular universities out there and that was more of my dream when I was, I was looking at that when I was 14, trying to go there. Yeah, I always had a fascination with the, the US Women's National Team and, and yeah, the collegiate system. And uh, yeah, UCLA was my dream. And I ended up going to their rival, which was USC in, in the same city in, in LA. But yeah, I think for me, I I got a good education. I was challenged in football. I actually think I... Personally, it's hard for me to say because I don't know. But what other route? If I took a different route, how I would end up? But I do think if I would have stayed in England, I don't know if I'd still be playing football. And only because of the experience that the US gave me, it helped me. Again, it always comes back to what did I learn about myself? Scrap being a footballer, scrap everything else. Like who am I? And I learned a lot about myself being put into a completely different environment, away from family, away from friends, and. Not everybody can and can deal with that, um, and not that's not to say that it's the wrong decision for you. But I think for me, it it challenged me in ways that I felt like I was meant to be challenged. And then, yeah, from that, I've just yeah, I can't imagine now stopping playing football and for I don't know however long I'm going to play, but I'm 25 and still playing and enjoying it. So okay, I'm going to have to dig deep one more time, and it's so evident of our conversation. It's beyond football, personal development. With those decisions, how do you go through the process of your own identity, of getting your confidence back as an example? Do you actually do exercises? Do you journal? Like, can you just give a bit behind the scenes? Because I do myself. I'm sort of actually going through a program from Robin Sharma, if, you, if you've heard of him. And 
it's a such a totally different approach because he's more spiritually which if you don't mind from an english standpoint we're not very spiritually of like say meditation and stuff so with going to Notts county or going to america how did you take the process of focusing on you not ashley the footballer mm. yeah i'm i probably come from more of a spiritual standpoint as well um but when I was, like now anyway, but when I was younger, when I was at Notts County going to the US, in all honesty, and this is just brutal honesty, I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't I didn't even like the idea. I completely disregarded any idea of journaling or, you know, meditation or anything like that. I mean... Same here. Yeah, I just was like... And I've come from a background of you feel something, you feel emotions and you allow yourself to feel them and you just keep going. You know, you just keep pushing through it anyway. And I think I got to points, especially when I first joined the US, it was everything overwhelmed me. And again, it came from my very narrow-minded approach of have to be successful. That's another thing. What's, what is success? Like successful in school, successful in football and just keep that one focus and don't open yourself up to everything else. And I think that, it broke me when I first got to the US. Like my first six months there were some of the hardest times I've probably ever experienced. And that's just because I hadn't I didn't have an open mind. I was like if something went wrong, I didn't have a plan B and I didn't know how to deal with it. So I just crumbled. I think now, um, I don't you know, there's I feel like the holistic spiritual approach is is spoken about more now. But I think the one thing that I, I always come back to is what does it what aligns with me? I'm actually always really skeptical when I listen to people's advice. Like I, I have a, a good friend of mine who and it's stuck with me forever. He said, if somebody gives you advice, alarm bells ring off in your head because and I do now because you can always everybody is living their own experience and has their own perspective and different life. Like everybody goes through something different. So one thing for them might work for them, but it might not work for you. So it's again, it always for me, for personal development or anything that that sits well with me. What do I truly believe? Disregard everything like I do at times I journal, but not I'm not strict with myself. I do it when I feel like I should. I don't I feel I'll be honest I feel like I should call it meditation call it alone time call it whatever you want but I feel like I choose to do that when I feel like I should as soon as I actually and again I'm saying this but it doesn't mean it's right for everyone else but I think when I decide to do things that I deep down feel I'm almost called to do I'll do it but I don't put restrictions on myself because that's what I used to do when I was younger. Everything was, how can I be organized? And yes, there's a point to make on discipline, but how can I be do this, this and this? But then sometimes something might not work out. And then how do you react to that? Like you have to be adaptable. And I think I've learned as I've got older and understood myself more is you adapt to things and you're not so caught up on the outcomes of certain situations. So how do you define success right now in the current state? Success is, in my opinion, aligning your endeavours or actions or your decisions you make in life with, let's call it a sole purpose. Aligning what you do 
with who you are. Let's just say that. Like it's nothing you see and on social media, it's nothing you see portrayed and on TV. It's what makes you feel fulfilled. And only I think us and as individuals can can answer that. Hundred percent. So when was the alignment with your decision to say I'm gonna be a professional football player when you're in America? What can you remember that sort of period? Yeah, my last year, um, my last year there, I was looking at stressing myself out, trying to look up what kind of grades I needed to go to medical school and if I really even wanted to do that. Um, because again, I think part of me was lying to myself. I wanted, did I really want to go to medical school or was that just the, it seemed right for me? Um, but then I spoke with my dad a lot and he said, I always remember him saying, and I, parents can say so many things to you and but sometimes my dad or my mum can say things to me and I'm like, no, I don't agree with that. But sometimes they can say things and one thing can click with you, you know? And he said, Ash, I just feel like you've done so much to get to, okay, this point, whatever this point is, that don't you think it would be a shame if you didn't at least experience professional football? He was like, you don't have to tie yourself down for long, you know, just experience it to know that you've done it. You know, and it was well. He said, like almost worthwhile. Um, but like I said, I think it's a journey. I'm not really. I wasn't aiming to achieve something specific, but I was like, I think like I don't know. It just struck a chord with me, and I'm like, yeah. And and then there were different. He would speak to different clubs. I had interest from the WSL at the time. But I said to my dad, I'm like, the only place I want to be is Leicester because it means something to me. It's my home. I, I value the fact that I was there for from eight to 14. I can, I want to come back and actually try and have some kind of impact on the community there and engage with, with fans, engage with everybody in, in the city that, you know, like I said, home is home. And then he spoke to the coach and then that was it for me. I did have a couple of, you know, I could have gone into the draft in the NWSL, but didn't feel right for me it felt right to be at Leicester and they were in the championship at the time so again everybody was commenting on you know is this the right decision for you you know are you squandering your potential blah 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 and you can't and I still do now I hear things like that and sometimes I'm like you know like quite I do question myself initially but then give myself time be in my own space away from everything what do I truly think or believe what what do I feel I should I'm most aligned to and it was that and again I have no regrets at all hey I have to go a bit deeper because I know parents will appreciate this young footballers appreciate this you've just said with other other opinions do you have a, a process of at times acknowledging it but also ignoring the noise and believing in like you said you want to go to that Leicester it's my roots it's my purpose it's a love like again was it your father or parents? We had that tight circle of a support system to really talk this through than other people's points of view. Um, because that's the business of football. That's just another key point. Again, you're nodding your head. I hope people can see this. Uh, but I just want to dig deep of, let's say, at the end of the day, just backing your own decision, but by ignoring the external noise, if that's media or leagues or how you know teams are set up around the world big question I know sorry but it's I think parents will find this helpful yeah no I think I think it's one of the hardest things to do I think even now in the decisions I've made in my life most recently 
it's hard you know it's really hard because everybody has an opinion on anything you do but ultimately like I think like you said if if parents are, are listening to be able to encourage your child to know themselves beyond any kind of external influence because we're, we're living in a time where like even 10 years ago it was not like, like how it is now with the the influence of social media and and everything but to get to a point of understanding yourself with like with no influence from anything it's just you and you go through periods in this time and, I, and I've experienced it it's it it feels lonely not lonely in a in a sad way but lonely it can actually feel lonely in a liberating way at times but making your own decisions that don't that go against the grain and you you're not conforming but you know that it sits well with you and only you know and it, it I think one of my the things I always say is the most powerful things in life you can't see so the way that you're made to feel you could never really verbalize that so me making the decisions I've made yes sometimes I still get worried because that's natural but at the end of the day, when I like when I go to bed and I close my eyes, I think, am I doing this because it's something that I feel? It's not even about, like, I'm not aiming for happiness. Or I'm not aiming to just enjoy. Like, I like challenges, you know. But does it feel like the path that's, in all honesty, Kelly, my coach here, she always talks about being authentic. Is, am I staying true to myself? Am I being authentic? Yeah, and, yeah, I am. Um, Right now, I feel like I'll never truly know, but it sits well with me in spite of it. You know, I'm coming across so many differing mm -hmm. opinions. Would you say quickly with that uh, internal side, do you call it empowerment like or internal? I wouldn't call it internal motivation. I think empowerment because it's, it's more you're empowering yourself in what you think's the direction you want to go. If that makes sense. It's not really internal motivation because that's a spark. That's a drive for, to do something. That's an action. So would you say that when you're on your own, which is liberating, it's that internal empowerment that you don't, you don't know the unknown, but you know it potentially is the right path. And I reason why I connect with that. It was like podcasts, Ashley. Nobody knew what a podcast was in 2015. I'd explain it to my first 60 special guests, but I knew this medium, and it's true, it's reached over 95 countries in two years. I knew the spread of the message will go worldwide within a year I realized it with my data so did I know this beforehand no but I knew internally it was solving a problem to be a resource for all so um thank you for listening to what I've just said there but would you say empowerment's the right word just to confirm um to listener yeah definitely I would say like self-empowerment because we can feel empowered through others and again it's that like internal feeling it's really hard to describe but to get to a point of feeling, yeah, self-empowered. I don't even know if there's even an end point. It's, but I guess I I do somewhat strive to, and it's that alignment. It comes back to that alignment piece. Am I aligning? It's me in my physical form, like I'm going to sound spiritual here, but, but like my physical experience in this life, is it aligning with what something my my soul is saying within me and that for me is I think you put it perfectly is empowerment and self-empowerment through the decisions you make alone and like I said it can be lonely but I feel like it's meant to be
you'll know. And just final point, because this is important because it relates to this, personal values. How do you define yours? And would you mind just sharing a few with your personal values that lead to that alignment and then lead to that decision? And then you just got to rock and roll and do it. But what are some of the personal values that have really anchored you to the person you are right currently now? Authenticity is one. Like, I, I think being you, like not, and even if it's something that other people don't necessarily like, but you know that it's you stepping more into that is it again it, it is liberating um it's liberating yet difficult but i think i one of my other values is just and it's linked to authenticity is just honesty being honest with yourself and i think i had the tendency and I still do a little bit, but not how I used to be, is being a people pleaser. And to be a people pleaser means you're not acting authentically. You're saying things to people because you want, like I'm somebody, I want people to feel not good necessarily, but to feel an energy when they're around me, to like, I guess, enjoy my company. But the only way, like, people who are meant to feel like that around me are meant to if I'm living my truth. So if I'm acting in a way that I believe is, I know them and I know what will make them feel good, yeah, you can do that to an extent, but they're not getting the full version of me. And would they want to know the real me or would they just want to feel good with the half version of me? So honesty is a big one and... Honestly, authenticity, I think that's, and I still, like, I'm not at a point where I'm like, I live that completely. You know, there's some times where I'm, I have to check myself, but that's the part, that's the growth aspect. Like, I'm always feel like I'm, if I'm honest with myself, it will be hard and difficult. But at the end of the day, I know that I'm choosing to grow and evolve. Mm -hmm. And with those two values in place, how has that helped your confidence while we're talking right now mm. yeah yeah that's a good good point like I said I, I do you know what you just saying that has just been the light bulb moment it, it has actually helped my confidence a lot because of when I grew up the times I've spoken about when I was 16 and below I I don't think I was honest I don't think I was always authentic which actually saying that is quite hard you know but I do think now, like even me being able to speak to you as honestly as I am now, I feel I feel confident in saying these things. And it's I think that they have a, a mutual relationship, but like the confidence then reignites my my honesty and authenticity and vice versa. I'm beyond grateful what you share there, because I, I feel like I'm just speaking to Ashley the personal, Ashley the football player, but I do want to, I'm all about, you've got to enjoy your experiences. When it's those big games, oh, we, by the way, we, we have, we, we just got to Leicester. We just got back to Leicester. <laughs> We've done the rest of the journey yet, but just quickly, just for people who need like, want to hear like the behind the scenes, when you get those big games, surely you just want to just embrace every moment. Like Percy for me, and we'll dig deep a bit later on, but I thought you were player of the match against the Lionesses at the World Cup. I'm still gutted your, your left foot, hitting the crossbar didn't go in it would have been a heck of a goal but I just want to find the balance that you should still find excitement with the experience of being a football player 
Um, can we just touch on that before going back to the journey? Because I think this is an important part with knowing your self-confidence, but also embracing these moments where, let me just be truthful, you're on the centre stage at elite sport at the highest level. So you're nodding your head again, so I know I'm right, but I'd love to hear your point of view of what I've just said. Yeah, I um, I always think this life journey on football is so, like I can't, I can't necessarily separate them, but like talking about being a footballer on the world state, like even that, like I've got growth to do here. It feels uncomfortable saying that. Like I almost am in disbelief that I've been able to experience that, you know. Um, but that one game, let's say against the Lionesses at the World Cup, I was able to, I my performance, let's say, I put that down to, and I know this doesn't, again, it doesn't seem like, it should be the quote-unquote right answer. But I don't put it down to solely. I don't put it all down to the hours of training and the hard work. Like, I know I went through all that when I was younger. I It came down to this openness to experience everything, to not push away the the fear or the lack of confidence or the nerves or anything it was literally just to be able to embrace and accept that that was part of the experience I was in in that moment like I had going into that game and I've said it a couple of times already on like other interviews and things like I didn't even know if I would play like I was struggling with an injury I was I really wanted to play but I was so apprehensive so nervous and not just because I'm playing England I'm like I don't know if I can get through, you know, like, and but then you feel all these things and you have all these questions and doubts because we have that little voice in our head that's, it's there for a reason, but to not, all I did in that game was not fight against it. I'm like, it is what it is, you know, like this is where I'm at and I'm going to embrace every aspect of this experience right now, whether it was the national anthem where I felt myself tearing up. I described as well, like, I'm quite an emotional person. When I describe emotional, like I think in society, we describe somebody as emotional, somebody cries all the time. I don't see it as that. I see being emotional is feeling so many emotions quite intensely. I am, gosh, I am the demonstration of that. Like I cried before every game we played at the World Cup, never after, always before. And it was just this feeling of like, feeling like I was representing something bigger than myself. And that can be quite overwhelming at times. So when I played um, against England, I cried during the national anthem of England because I was like, can't believe. Like at one point I was there singing that national anthem. And now I'm at this point representing another part of my identity. And I get to experience this. You know, I was just soaking it all up. There was no real pressure from a performance standpoint. It was like, you'd soak up what this is and how like I just felt gratitude I actually wear a necklace my sister got me a necklace for Christmas that says gratitude on it obviously it's a podcast so you can't see but I think that's one thing I it's not always easy to be grateful and you don't always you don't choose gratitude you feel it and that just comes from the decisions you make to align with yourself ultimately Mm -hmm. just from you said there was no pressure from a performance standpoint but Honestly, I watched the whole World Cup and I watched that game. I was watching it. I was like, wow. Like, I was going, man, I interviewed her like two weeks beforehand or like four weeks before I ended up Ballers. And you were outstanding, as I said. I'm just curious because everybody talks about success, winning the W. Honestly, I, I want your honest point of view here. Would you say that was one of those top performances, but it just there wasn't the result? 
because I think I've learned actually where I don't get the result, but my performance was to the best of my ability. I just like to, I think it's really educational and a really important point for teams and individuals playing sport. Um, I just love your viewpoint reflecting of your performance that game. Yeah. And I think for this game, like you said, we, you can analyse it to the nth degree. But overall, we felt as if we put in a performance that deserved more than what we probably got. But this is also the reason why after the game, I, you feel disappointment. I wish we could have got further, blah, blah, blah. But I just felt proud. I felt proud that I could have had that experience alongside that group of girls to perform the way we did when we weren't expected to, to push England, who ended up being in the final of the World Cup, to penalties. Like, sometimes like results don't necessarily go your way. And I think we get so caught up on what is the result going to be, but we forget about the experience of what we put ourselves through to, to try and get to that point. Right. So for me in that, in that game, and I think people describe it as like flow state or whatever, when you don't know how, like the time you, you feel like you're almost like in a different realm, you know, like, there, I think there was slow motion within performance. Yeah. Sorry, Karen, I've had a few on my podcast on flow state. It's when you're in the moment of the performance without thinking. Exactly. And I think we were in front of most people there were supporting England, probably about 50,000 fans. But you're so just in the moment. And it is like, and this is why I feel gratitude is I, this experience I get in football, I won't like, I'll experience the different emotions and stuff in a different form when I stop playing I will never get these experiences again no matter if I win or lose or whatever you you play for me anyway I play the sport for all of it and I had an experience we just lost um this past weekend out here for my my club team and it was the same thing all the possession the way better performance than the other team one moment made us lose a game and I can feel disappointed and upset and I allow myself to feel it all and I don't apologise for it. But that's, this is what I get to experience. This is life. Like at the end of the day, what do I remember? It sounds really crazy, but I always come, I always think about life by thinking about death. <laughs> okay, but I think when I, yeah, we're here, we're here. <laughs> okay, okay. No, I've done this exercise. I get it. No, I've done that exercise. How do you want to, be remembered when you're not here so which leads to the death carry on mm -hmm. exactly like we are here for a like a finite period of time what do i want even saying the word want i want to say want and need what do i really want and need i don't necessarily there's things i think i really crave necessarily but the end of the day i want to experience as much as i can and that is experiencing everything and i'm saying this now and sometimes i'm like it feels awful to feel some things but I know there is a reason for it and okay bringing it again back to that game it can feel rubbish it really can like sitting on that plane because I remember before the game I was thinking oh, I really do not want to sit on that plane going home knowing I'm going back to England which is I'll come back and everybody's still supporting that you know like and I'm walking around and this it, it happened I'm just walking around people are the World Cup was crazy and in England and I'm walking around just you know, I don't have to be incognito. I'm not really 
super well known, you know, but I hear people talking about it. I've even had people talk to me about the World Cup in football, not like knowing who I was during that time, saying you support in England. I thought, okay, <laughs> okay, this is a lot tougher to absorb after you just lost, you know, but it's, um, it's, it's all part of the experience and I'm grateful for it, really. There's one part I do want to talk about the experience of the World Cup, and it was one of your secret weapons, apparently, your team crumpets. <laughs> like in the mornings you know what I'm talking about how special were those moments throughout the whole world cup experience I'm just curious because for me from the spirituality side going back to that theme my goodness with your thank I'm so grateful you shared on Instagram stories by the way because I was just getting a vibe because I only interviewed you know a little conversation four weeks beforehand but how important were those moments we're talking about crumpets everybody I don't know if that's part of the nutrition plan I'm not a nutritionist but the mic is yours. Mike is yours on that point, Ash. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, it comes back to the small things. So when we were there, we you end up for five weeks we we're there, and you end up eating the similar things every day, you know. And I've never been to Australia before. I didn't even know they had crumpets, but I thought it was a very British thing to have there. And there was one day where I I had one, and people weren't really eating them. And I saw them, I was like, crumpets, you're like just one little thing, you know, that can make you feel at home. I had one and then people started to be like, what's that? What's that? I said, you need to try it. But I have butter and jam. Then all of a sudden it was becoming a trend to the point where half of me wishes I never shared it because then there were never any crumpets left. (laughs) But we'd actually have them, not even for breakfast. Like sometimes we'll sit after a game and people kind of like after a game, you can eat and go and disperse. Usually we we stay until everybody's eaten but after again you can kind of do whatever you want and there was a group of us all the time that would eat our dinner and then we'll just sit and have a crumpet almost like as dessert have a little chat before we went off to bed you know just funny like you bringing that up it's nice to actually reflect on because they're the things like I said it's a small thing but it was it was a nice moment and how did that bring the team together something so simple Mm. as that yeah it um as a you filter to... off, to be filtering off, not talk about football, just being human beings during a World Cup and embracing experience. That's what I mean. Right. That's the thing. Like, it's those moments that actually stick with you and as insignificant as they seem, like, by the fact that crumpets exist meant that we could have, like, like I said, it could just be a small group of us. And us sitting eating our crumpet, we have a conversation about, the number of things we could talk about, but it's the, as weird as it sounds, it's the crumpets that brought us together in that moment, you know? Yeah, 100%. Honestly, <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, boom, I love that. Just It's just a different perspective of enjoying a big global football event. And I'm going to speed up because I, I really want to bring in where you currently are. And for me, as I said, I didn't really connect the dots that you're going to be with Kelly Lindsay, but you're back in Leicester now, like back home after, like, after the World Cup. What inspired you to move again, but to a different club culture? Like, I'm just curious of the inspiration. Was Kelly a part of it? I'm just curious, like, what inspired you to go to Saudi Arabia from a personal standpoint, not business of football, just playing football, the full full nine yards, the mic's yours? Simply, it was Kelly. She was the catalyst. Um, I... Came to the end of my contract at Leicester and I was kind of just 
based on my personality, I don't necessarily have like a dream team necessarily to go to. I just want to experience as much as I can. Um, I knew in myself that I play in another country again, but I was not expecting it to be this soon. Um, and yeah, I found out that a club in Saudi Arabia was interested, but I was like, well, what is there for me? You know, in Saudi Arabia, it didn't really entice me, I'll be honest, initially. Um, but then I spoke to Kelly and two people in the management team for an hour. And I came off the phone and I was like, yeah, this just feels right. And I actually signed um, signed for the club before the World Cup. It just managed to stay, stay undercover for the whole time because I just didn't really want a distraction. But... And like the the whole conversation we've had now, it's more than just football. It's more than just, you know, one aspect of, of my life. And that was a conversation I had with Kelly. Like, yeah, we spoke a bit about football, but most of the time it's like, well, what do you really care about? And we just aligned. And I was like, if I'm staying true to myself and the things that I'm saying to you, then that's why I made the decision I made because it just felt right and yes naturally all the things come up in my head like I know people are going to make assumptions and say this and that but I was making a decision that felt right for me because of the connection I had and I, I talk a lot of in just in general about human connection like the power of human connection real like connecting with people on a deeper level and that doesn't mean you have to be deep you know, like people are like, oh, don't get deep. It's just meaningful. And yeah, that's what I've, that, I had that with Kelly from the beginning. And um, did you know of Kelly beforehand in what she was doing in other jobs and stuff? No. Like, I'm, I'm bringing up, um, so did you know of Khalida Papal or anything like that sort of connection or what she did with the Afghanistan national women's team? No. Did you know stuff like that? Really? So I, oh. when I started to do, I spoke to her and then when I came off the phone, I started to do research and I was like, ah, this makes complete sense, mm -hmm. you know? Because I'm going to paint the picture. Firstly, Kelly Lindsay's on the podcast. You must listen to that. You will just be inspired of her journey as a coach. I've had Kalida Popal, which that's what started for me, Ash, was when I had to get Kalida because I was there on Twitter and I saw them on the military plane. And then I've sort of tried to use my podcast as a narrative to decode all the elements of that. And Kelly had a huge influential part. So did Kat Craig as well, making it happen for the team. But I'm not going to lie. I've had numerous conversations with Kelly and I'm always inspired to be a better human being. And when I connected the dots, I was like, oh boy, here we go. I can't wait for these two people to connect. So could you just paint the picture of, let's say, your first training, when, when things got football related, but also like when that when it was in person? Because a phone call is one thing, but I've met Kelly when she was at Lewis FC. And man, it was like we had a, we meant to have an hour meeting. We had two and a half hour meeting walking around Lewis, brainstorming and look at all parts of life. You know, I, I really have a lot of respect for her. I've said to you this in a DM. I'll be open to the this audience of honesty. Like she's a she's a men mentor for my life. So. For you, when you got there and you're working with her, what's unique and special? And how now has she improved your confidence maybe to another level or even just personal development? Big question, but I know the listeners would be grateful to hear from this side of things. I think it's so 
unfortunately, I guess it's rare to come across people in life who really do things that just break the norm, you know, and you know that they might come up come up against a lot of like backlash for being how they are. But sometimes if you have the ability, and I think it's only come through my own, I guess, journey and development, I feel like I've been able to connect with people more like that. You know when people say, like, energy attracts, whether it's good or bad or whatever, and I believe that's probably what's come here with knowing Kelly. Like, I, I'll be honest, she's my manager, coach or whatever, but, and I, I always say to her, I'm like, I feel like I could just sit and talk to you for a long time. Like, there's so many things I want to know. Like, I'm always curious with people in general, but especially her, because I feel like she has so many stories life and life experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'll give you an example. Like, we just came back from our game two days ago. We flew, it was an away game, so we came back on the flight. And we always, I think because of our last names, we always end up sitting near one another. And we ended up having a conversation the other day on the on the plane, it was mainly me again, just asking questions because I'm just so curious with her perspective. And I think the more that I speak to her, the more I realize how similar we are and not necessarily like personalities are the same or whatever. Like some of those things are like we, she was talking about when she was a player and how she was and how she could, you know, she could joke around, but as soon as it was like time for the game, she said she was like, narrow she actually (laughs) described it as like I am going to beat that person in front of me like there is no doubt in my mind and that this is where I actually asked her about confidence because I'm like she seemed like she has way more than me like I feel I asked so many questions about emotions how she's dealt when she was a player now and I think it's mainly just come from like she seems very assured not in a no by no means in an arrogant way but it's just this like self-understanding like she knows herself and she said I don't think she'll mind me saying it is like and I respect her a lot for this she said that if you don't feel like you can I don't don't want to get the words wrong because she said it really well like you have to be in a position where you're willing to get fired um something like to if you're going to be like live out your your true authentic self you know and that requires so much courage you know to stick with and that means you have to be adaptable right but like she says she's not somebody as well who thinks it's like her way or the highway she listens to everybody's perspectives and this is where I asked her a question because I think one of my weaknesses is I can see a lot of people's perspective, but then I don't actually then know, I don't have a firm decision or opinion on something. So I say to her, I'm like, how can you take in all this information and perspective, perspectives of other people and then know this is the right decision to make? That's where I'm not good. But that's why one of the many things that I feel like I, I'm learning from, from her. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for the insight. And by the way, <laughs> I've had something really similar. Uh, and I, I don't think she'll mind me showing when we'll, before Christmas, we were exchanging, let's say, have a good Christmas and all that. And she she showed me a scene of, let's say, um, where she was at. It's beautiful. The sea was out. And she said, Ed, I'm so fulfilled. Like sort of what you said, if I had to walk away or got fired, I would still be so fulfilled within myself. Like I'm, 
she's that centered and with her presence she doesn't look at the past she just looks at where she currently now that's one thing we exchange a lot of messages but her present moment with regards to authenticity is so powerful again please listen to the podcast because she, she breaks it down like she even broke it down quick i think you'll find this interesting ash that uh, michelle acres she was training with michelle acres and she and she had to mark her which if you don't know michelle acres google her she's like one of the top players and she, her job, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say how what she said. My job, Ed, was to just kick her ass because I want to make sure she's pushed so hard in training that on the pitch it's the standard that you know. I know I'm not gonna. She said this. I know she's not gonna win the winning goal or do that winning moment, but I know I'll make my players experience it in training so when they deliver it, we win. And it was almost like she was very self, like selfless, selfless with her decisions and. Kelly, if you're listening, we are grateful. I, I, th- I think uh, Ash and I would both agree on that with our personal development. And I hope you're enjoying this listening experience too. Whoa, go ahead. Go ahead. She actually, I need to mention this because that exact example, she told me on the plane two days ago. No way. She told me that moment. Yeah. So what did you learn from it? I've given you my little, and it's in the pod. What did you learn from that reply? Well, she shared that story. I took two things. One, for me as an individual, because this is where I feel like I look up to her, is she has the ability, even if she she knows her strengths and weaknesses, she said, like, Ash, I was never the best player, but she had this mentality of, like, never being beat. Like, I will never... That person is not going to outwit me, you know? And sometimes I think... I don't know if it's just how I am or whatever, but I think those doubts can creep in on me sometimes. Like sometimes I can be like that. And sometimes I'm like, Oh, I don't know, you know, but like that ability to be like, nothing is getting in my way. And in that example, I don't know if she, how much she described of it, but it was like, she was one of the youngest players at the time. And she was saying, and she, her team that she had were quite young. And she, in that moment was the leader to be like, I want all of us to make this as difficult as possible for her. And to and she's saying that, not from like, you know, it's, we want to make this hard for the best player. It's like, like that, instilling that amount of trust in your teammates to know that she believes that they can do that as well. Then the outcome that she actually intended for happened because she she believed it like truly, but she wasn't just saying this well, she believed it and made those, whether those other players around her believed it or not, they, it's powerful really, because you can, you know, when people say almost like fake it or whatever, I don't believe, I talk about honestly authenticity, but sometimes you can, you have more potential than you realize. So when you have that amount of trust placed in you, when you think you probably can't do something that you actually can, and that realization of when you actually do it, it's like, wow, well then what's the next thing I can do? What's the next? And I think that's what Kelly is like. It's like, push yourself to the boundary, see what you can do. And then you set yourself a new target because you're, you're elevating yourself and what the expectations you have of yourself. Ash, I'm going to say another big question from the world cup from working with Kelly and where we presently are, how have you developed as a leader reflecting right now? Oh, I actually, I guess I like this question a lot because being out here, I, okay, let's say at the World Cup, I'm, I think everybody, I'm not like the biggest leader on the team with the national team. I'm not. There's a lot of older, and they are mainly older players. It just happens to be that way that I really 
do look up to. Um, and it's not really for the fact of I want to step into their shoes or anything like that. I just value who they are and how they put, like, we describe us, like, they're like my sisters, you know, and they talk to me, like, because sometimes I can, like I said, I can be emotional and I have that support, like the arm around the shoulder of, like, there's another centre-back on the team that I look up to a lot, um, just from her her aura. She's just so calm and it's like nothing is ever a stress, you know. Um, but also then coming here, where I'm probably one of the main leaders, that say, on the the team here in Saudi Arabia. And I... I feel I don't feel the weight of it, but I feel the responsibility of that, and I I enjoy it. I do, um, and I think it comes back down to like those things I said to you ages ago about like I have this draw to wanting to help people, so I'm okay in being a leader. Um, but I also reflect so much on because I'm probably more of a prominent leader than I have been in other environments it's caused me to be more self-reflective to the point where I think I can sometimes struggle. This is one example. I can sometimes struggle with emotions in a game and sometimes people react to my emotion well and my passion, because it is passion, but sometimes passion can come out in different ways. And I understand that people are receptive to some like passion coming out in one way compared to another. And I reflected, I had a week off, um, just after Christmas and I went home to England and I was thinking about this second half of the season, how can I be even more adaptable? Because I think I allowed my emotions to sometimes have a negative impact on people. And now that I know my teammates more, it's not to the, the I'm not going to be like, like I have to talk to you this way and you this way. I don't, obviously I don't have the capacity to do that, but just more understanding. And this again comes down to human connection, understanding them more to know what helps them and like I can explain to them is that sometimes I'm like I might not be able to be everything that you would want me to be and I can honestly say that to them but for them to know that I'm going to try sometimes is the difference Mm -hmm. I'm going to dig deep a bit more because I learned something last year when I was at the Athens Women's Football Summit I was so lucky enough to share a taxi with Gilberto Silva and I was curious about his role playing in Greece at the time. And he goes, Ed, my role here wasn't like at Arsenal. It was to help the younger players and actually help the academy thrive and give them the encouragement. And then later in the evening, I said to him, how did you adapt as a captain at Arsenal? And he goes, Eddie, you know, you lead without the armband at the beginning. And that's what I'm going to say to you. How do you look at leadership without the armband? And I hope other players, people, business owners can learn from this question what I'm about to say when you look at leadership which I'm trying to adapt myself it's not about the armband it's about your actions I'm just curious okay I like I said I'm just being honest on yeah. the podcast so I'll share I'm you, grateful I'll share with you something <laughs> um when I first came here and I spoke to Kelly and call it right or wrong it just fit at the time and I've been like this for a a few years now I said to her and not I I don't even know if she was going to make me captain or not but I actually before she even asked me I said to her I'd rather not and this is only because the role of a captain I believe and I just know my qualities and 
it depends on what environment you're in but being here I didn't want to be captain because I wanted to be able to lead in my own way without the expectations and sometimes pressures of what being a captain is because I've not come here to be like I understand my my role and the impact I can have on people but I don't want I want to be the leader that I want to be and I don't feel like I would have been able to be the leader I wanted to be if I was captain and I only say that because I feel like sometimes the captain role can be a lonely place because it should be but with me here I feel like I've wanted to really connect with and I know captains are meant to be like this as well but I wanted to be able to give all of what I felt like I was meant to as a leader separate from the captaincy and I wanted to experience that without having that responsibility because I think it could have taken away what I've been able to do and the connection I've been able to make and like I'm I think part of it as well like I'm not going to disregard the fact that like being a captain is pressure and I feel like I'll know when I'm ready for that if I'm ever meant to um but also I just feel like to lead to lead is to lead at the end of the day like you don't you shouldn't and I always say what do you mean leaders to lead you mean lead with good example just dig deep what you mean lead to lead break yeah. that down if you wouldn't mind what you mean with that phrase so to lead others is literally to lead like you said by example so again it's disregarding any kind of tangible asset or thing that comes with that so being a leader sometimes the best leaders like I've I've seen it a lot sometimes they they're actually undercover you don't know much about them you know Kelly is an example like she's a leader but not many people know about her impact and who she is um and I think there are some people who are meant to lead who are meant to be in the spotlight and some people who are meant to lead to be behind the scenes it just depends um but for me I think when I say leaders to lead it just means simply lead don't think about anything other than being yourself and leading by example through being who you are. Like you don't do it. That I think if a captain is ever the person who wanted to be captain, that says a lot about who they are because a captaincy comes from, it's, it's disregarding ego. It's, it's being you and knowing, like, I think, I'm really, and being in football now for as long as I have, I think being a captain is one of the, one of the hardest jobs you could possibly have because you are the messenger between management, staff and players, but you also, everything comes back onto you. And then how do you deal with, with that? And be authentic and honest at the same time in this big environment? Hard. And most of the time you are disliked for it. Um, but the end of the day, like I, I said to you before, to be a leader is to lead by being you. Whatever you what 
not trying to force yourself to be anything other than you. And I said to Kelly, I was like, I'm right now. And our captain, I, she's a close friend of mine anyway on this team, but I think she's a good captain because she, he's not afraid to say the things that people don't like. And I think I probably compliment the leadership group. We have a captain's group here. I probably compliment it quite well because I come from a different angle where like, let's say our captain sometimes, I'll be honest, she's really stubborn and can't see a reason perspective. And it's like, no, this is a way. But I'm like, but have you thought of this? Have you thought of this? Have you thought of this? So it's like, how can you have, sometimes it's not about one person being, having a captain is about the leadership group around them. I've got to dig one more thing. It's so important. And this is for people in the football industry in total, not just being a football player. Ego, you you, you hinted it, you dropped it. Uh, how important is being mindful of ego and using it the right way? So I look at ego in a way, in a good way, where you, you really believe in your ability. And I'm going to say it's like you believing scoring goals. And it's like going with pure confidence. But I'm talking ego can be sometimes negative where you bigger than you actually you actually are so I just want to hear your thoughts on that side of things of ego versus confidence yeah I think I've tried to unpack this with a, a close friend of, of mine um, because we looked at the word arrogant one time and you actually look at the definition of arrogant and it is just this like self-belief and confidence but we feel uncomfortable around people who are arrogant because as people we like humility I think it makes us feel more comfortable I think this is a really hard question because I think naturally we have an ego for a reason it helps with self-belief but also like you said it can when it I guess teeters onto the side of me 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 and that very like not concerning the environment you're in or people around you. We, we, we. Yeah, exactly. I think that's when, especially in the team environment, it has a negative impact because then I think I, I don't ask a lot of people really other than just be you. But I think at the end of the day, if everything is self-concerning, and you're not able, because it's, it's not always, I say, I see other people's perspectives. It's not always easy to, but I think I challenge myself. It's hard. Sometimes it's hard for me to do it, but I do it because I know I'm meant to. So when I see people, let's say with a very, they are controlled by ego. I think, I think they're not allowing themselves to challenge themselves. And I say that because they don't want to, put themselves in a position to understand other people's perspectives because it's hard. They don't want to. It's easier to think about me. You know, it's easier to. So people who have, who are controlled by ego, they, even though Lack of vulnerability, maybe? Lack of vulnerability. And, and really sometimes I Probably think awareness. <laughs> Jinx. Mm. Boom! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you're spot on. Um, my goodness, I hope people are enjoying this conversation. Ash, out of interest, though, what have you enjoyed from the journey right now, looking back? What have you enjoyed the most? In football, specifically. No, no. 
football journey, like mm. football life. Everything to do with learning that comes from connecting with people. Like the learning I do about others, but also when I learn about others, what I can learn about myself. That's been the biggest, most fulfilling, challenging part of it all. What a great answer. And I like to finish with an inspirational one. This is tough because it shouldn't be football related. So what three tips would you give to the listener with regards to, I'm going to put you on the spot because you've got it now. And I think you always will with the people around you, how you've grown over the period when we last spoke in Leicester. Uh, Beryl giving you a shout out from BL Ballers. What three tips you give to the listener with regards to their self-confidence? What would they be? I think to, to feel a level, level of confidence, you have to be vulnerable. You have to, I say you have to, again, look, this is me giving advice, but it doesn't mean that I'm right. But I think be vulnerable. You have to be honest and try and separate yourself from distractions or opinions. And it's sometimes really, I don't think it's, it's conscious, like being like, I'm don't have the aim of trying to be confident. Like allow yourself to sit in vulnerability and honesty within yourself. And as you get closer to really aligning with you, I think confidence is a byproduct of that. It's not necessarily something that we're just going to achieve. Yeah. Hundred percent. So for confidence isn't a tick box, everybody, but what it does align with is the values. And we've gone really good full circle with this conversation. Ash, I've really enjoyed it, but how can people interact with you on social media? Like where are the best places where people can follow? And I hint hint recommend Instagram stories because you get that behind the scene magic. So there's one, but where where are the best places where people can follow you, Ash, on social media? Yeah, I guess I could so be better with social media, but I Instagram is probably what I'm on the most. And Twitter, my handle is just Ashley Plumpter. And I think on Twitter it's Ash Plumpter. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't have a TikTok account. I tried to download one, but I didn't even understand it. I'm like an old woman, really. So Instagram and Twitter are probably the best, best port of call. That is amazing. To all the listeners listening in, all those links will be on my website with regards to this amazing podcast chat. Ashley, it's been a joy chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ed. What an unbelievable podcast experience. And I have to be so truthful. I'm extremely humbled to have the opportunity to speak to Ashley for for many reasons. Um, number one, just with the connectivity of another special guests with Kelly Lindsay and Kalida Popal, but just more the sharing the behind the scenes of being a professional football player. I remember Tatiana Hanain saying in a podcast, again, listen to this one as well. She said, if you want to work in the football industry or even in women's football in that matter, understand the player understand what players go through on and off the pitch and for me I'm beyond grateful of Ashley sharing the behind the scenes of being the football player but also the person and you know if you're an athlete listening to this I hope this has supported you with regards to who you are what you aspire to be 
instead of being a label. I, I'm starting to get my head around with my personal growth. When you detach yourself from a label, the more authentic you become, which was such a major theme of this whole conversation. And that alone um, has been one of the takeaways of this conversation with Ashley. But even if you're not in the football industry yet, really understand what Ashley was sharing of being a player. And when you understand this and when you start working with elite athletes in any sports, you see the humanity side. And again, I'm being so authentic here myself and truthful. I didn't have these soft skills when starting out. But when I start to take a step back and understand what a player goes through, understand the big decisions they have to make throughout their career, where they're always in the limelight, for example, they're always in the big stages of their career in a stadium in one moment like she said Ashley there's moments that people have their own opinions and make judgments when you eradicate all of that which is part of elite sport and just look at it with regards to who they are as individuals I promise you you'll be a better sports industry professional and that is why I mentioned this to you because when you get this or what I'm trying to explain is my best ability not only you'll be able to work in the sports industry that you dream of but most importantly you're going to meet and connect with amazing people along the way and that is for me where I'm most grateful for with this conversation and this is what it's all about and I hope this podcast alone could be a learning resource for you and many others including myself of how to work with elite athletes in any sports but most importantly thrive together with our skills and that's the thing the beautiful thing about the football industry the sports industry we've all got unique gifts qualities and skill sets but when we apply it with other human beings relating to an industry a cause or in this case work with the elite athletes this is what it's all about so I'm really curious though of what was your biggest takeaway so here's a little exercise if you've got a pen and paper with you write down your biggest takeaway and the question I have for you is how are you going to apply that biggest learning lesson from Ash to your sports career development now and make it happen now as always at the end of each podcast episode I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker Ashley said to be confident be vulnerable be honest and separate yourself from the distractions and opinions to be confident in who you really are.